I'm Marianne Kolbesak McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with longtime healthcare security and privacy expert Mac McMillan, founder and CEO Emeritus of consulting firm Synergistic. We're going to be discussing the Quantum Computing Cybersecurity Preparedness Act, which was signed into law by President Biden at the end of December, and its potential impact on the healthcare sector. So, Mac, the new quantum computing legislation addresses the migration of executive agencies' IT systems to post-quantum cryptography or encryption strong enough to resist attacks and decryption from quantum computers. Mac, you've said that this legislation will be kickstarting the biggest cryptographic migration this nation has ever known. Why? Primarily because what quantum computing is going to do at some point is make the current cryptography that we use today, which is the 2048-bit RSA encryption, uh, obsolete. And so what that means is that a lot of the data that we have today and systems that we have today that use cryptography and that use cryptography that, that meets at least the current standard will no longer be adequate to protect that data once quantum computing becomes mainstream. So, Mac, this legislation directly addresses executive government agencies, but it will have ramifications across all sectors, including healthcare. How and why do you think this legislation will affect healthcare? So clearly, the federal government has been getting ready for quantum computing for some time. In fact, uh, NIST, the National Institute for Standards and Technology, Uh, as well as NSA and others that are involved in developing the cryptographic standards that we use to protect data, have been involved in in looking at and developing what they call post-quantum cryptographic standards or algorithms, if you will, or algorithms that will stand up to quantum computing, uh, believe it or not, since 2015. And in fact, in 2021, the government actually published uh, a document along with a uh, one-page synopsis, if you will, that basically said, here are the things that people need to do, organizations need to do to begin to get ready for this change. Now, this particular act uh, basically is the government telling the government to get its act together, right? It's telling the government in a very deliberate way that all federal agencies need to conduct a uh, inventory of all of their data that need that is critical or that is sensitive enough that needs to be protected in such a way that it will withstand a quantum computer uh, attack, if you will. And and so they're supposed to be doing right now, looking at all of their data across all of their systems and inventorying all the information that is currently encrypted and that needs to be encrypted going forward and needs to meet the new, whatever the new standard is once the new standard is developed and prioritizing that data, meaning what's most important, what needs to be migrated first. Because if you think about it, Marianne, for a minute, we have encryption embedded in a lot of applications that are out there and a lot of systems that are out there. We also have encryption that's applied to applications or to systems or to data directly. And so all of this, all of this information is going to have to be addressed at one point or another. 
Now, all of that information is not created equal, right? There's some information that's more sensitive than other, uh, some that is more time sensitive than other. And so basically what the White House is, is telling or Congress is telling the federal agencies is, hey, you guys need to put a plan together. You need to look at what you've got. You need to you need to decide what needs to meet the new standard, and you need to put a put a prioritized plan together that says you'll be ready to begin to migrate that information to the new standard once it becomes available to you. Now, how does that apply to healthcare? Well, unfortunately, the act only applies, as you said, to federal agencies, and and I think that's partly because the new standard or the new new algorithms, the new encryption, if you will, is not available yet. And so I think there may be some hesitancy to direct something towards the private sector that doesn't exist yet. The problem though with that, and the thing, and the reason I think that this should impact healthcare is that it's, you know, if, if the private sector is also going to be ready to migrate when the cryptographic standard finally exists, they too need to inventory all of their systems and all of their data and identify which ones are going to need to be migrated so that they too can put together a plan that makes it possible for them to do this in an organized fashion, if you will, and for them to be able to begin to understand what the budgetary impact potentially is going to be to make this happen. Because if, if you think about a health system today, you know, with all of their patient data encrypted, with all of, a lot of their their applications they're using that have encryption involved, their debt, their laptops are encrypted, and their, you know, their desktop, their mobile devices are encrypted, et cetera, et cetera. All of that's going to have to be addressed. Encryption and networked devices, like like medical devices, for instance, that's going to be, I think that's going to be a huge uplift, if you will, uh, for them. I think that right now, if I were a, if I were a CISO at a, at a health system, I would be looking at this legislation and I would say, even though this doesn't apply to me directly because I'm not a federal agency, this is the smart thing to do. And I'm going st- to start looking right now and start working with IT to identify the, the systems and the applications and the data that we need to be thinking about in terms of migration and putting together my own plan so that by the time the new standards come out, which may be in somewhere between 2023 and 2025, I'll be prepared to do that. What types of healthcare organizations and systems are most at risk for potential quantum computer attacks, do you think, looking ahead and why? So the, the short answer is everybody potentially could be at risk. But I think those organizations that are going to be most at risk initially are the largest organizations and those organizations that are involved in research activity and health insurance. Most of the information that I've I've read through so far, the government expects or and the industry expects that the, the largest target for quantum computing attacks initially is going to be in the financial sector. The ability to break the encryption on financial systems, which I'm sure you can imagine would be huge, right, in terms of the impact. But the fact of the matter is, is that it will be any system that does not have post-quantum computer appropriate encryption after it becomes mainstream 
will be at risk, if you will. Uh, but I think that initially it's going to be the largest systems who have the most data. It's going to be those that are involved in in uh, research and, and certainly the health insurance industry needs to, I think, take this very seriously. Will they be able to avoid this? The answer is no. By the HIPAA rule itself, which is, which is, you know, I'm not a real fan of, but by the HIPAA rule itself says that you have to apply encryption, appropriate encryption to protect data. And the, and the expectation is, is that that is encryption that meets whatever the current standard is. So when NIST and NSA and CISA and, and those folks finish up their development work and identify what the new cryptographic standard will be going forward. My expectation is that any organization that has to meet an encryption standard will have to meet whatever that standard is. And so they're going to have to migrate to the new standard, whether they like it or not. So, Mac, as you mentioned, NIST, NSA, CISA, you know, and other organizations are working on these encryption standards for post-quantum computing. From a practical standpoint, what do you think this migration will potentially mean for healthcare, IT systems, and patient records, for instance? Well, I think what's been published so far is that they don't expect quantum computing to be really mainstream until probably 20, somewhere between 2030 and 2035. And I know that sounds like a long way off, but, but it actually isn't. I mean, we're in 2023 now, so we're seven years away from the front end of that and only 12 years away from the far end of it. And that's based on what they know today. But based on the, the work that's going on, uh, the research that's being done by folks from around our country, for instance, like folks from MIT and across the pond, folks like the Chinese, et cetera, they expect to be able to have quantum computers that are, that are strong enough to crack the current encryption standard much quicker than that. So it may be that there isn't five to 12 years to get ready. But let's assume best case that we do have until 2030 to get prepared. You know, you're like I said, you're looking at first, first off understanding everywhere in your environment where you have encryption either embedded in a system or that you've applied or layered on top of the system, like the encryption, for instance, that you put on a laptop or the encryption that you add to data repositories, for instance. But it's gonna impact the encryption that's in cloud storage. It's gonna impact the encryption that's on storage in your data center, on your backups, on your systems that you use from an operational perspective, on applications, on radiology systems, labs. I mean, just about every system that you can think about that collects patient information today, the, the information is encrypted somewhere, either in that application or once it it is stored in the back end. And that data is typically encrypted in transit. So moving from place to place, if you will, or from application to application. So, I mean, it, it is literally taking a 100% inventory of your entire network ecosystem and understanding everywhere that you have encryption and everywhere that you would you would need to consider upgrading from whatever the current standard is to this new standard in order for you to be prepared 
and to be able to protect that data. And where the rub comes in is in, in this, because what we're talking about here is basically getting systems to the point to protect going forward. And the sooner you're able to do that before quantum computers become more mainstream, the better off you're going to be. Now, the, the fly in the ointment, so to speak, if you will, from a cyber risk perspective, is that we have these things, these attacks that are, that are called harvest now, decrypt later attacks, which means basically I, I hack you, I steal your data, even though your data may be encrypted, I don't care because I'm playing the long game, which is what the nation state actors and the real sophisticated hackers will, may do, and certainly the serious attackers. I may hack you today, steal your data, even though you may have it adequately protected and encrypt encrypted, and I can't decrypt it right now. But I'll just hang on to it until I have a quantum computing capability and I'll decrypt it then. So part of the analysis that I think people need to make is what data do you have today that if it were to be stolen by a hacker and if it were to be decrypted five years from now, would still be relevant, would still cause an issue. The other fly in the ointment here is that one of the, the rules in, in terms of HIPAA in particular is that encryption has always been that get out of jail free card. If, in other words, if you get hacked and your information is all encrypted, you've done what was reasonable to protect it. With Harvest Now, Decrypt Later, again, I can hack you today. I can steal your steal data from you today. I can decrypt it five years from now. What does that do to that whole scenario? In other words, can I still say that the information that was stolen tomorrow, for instance, or in the next couple of years, for instance, can I still say that I can I can absolutely say to the people that that, that data belongs to you that your data will never be at risk? So, Mac, these are great points. And as we know, the healthcare sector had been slow in encrypting much of its data in the first place, although things have vastly improved as is evident in, for example, the huge decline that we see in health data breaches reported to regulators these days that do involve unencrypted, lost or stolen mobile devices, for instance, like you just mentioned. But with that said, how hopeful are you that the healthcare sector won't be a laggard again when it comes to adopting post-quantum computing encryption standards once they're available? I'm hopeful. I'm not real confident. I'll put it that way. And the reason I say that is because, number one, other than this conversation that you and I are having today, and maybe a few conversations here or there, there isn't a lot of discussion about this topic in healthcare yet, which is one of the reasons why I think this is such a great idea to have this, this discussion, because we should be having this discussion today. We should be thinking about these future threats that are coming down the road and not just the ones that we're dealing with right now. Number one, I think the biggest concern I have with healthcare's migration is that this is going to be another investment for them. It's going to be another thing that adds to their cost. Healthcare is already getting the heck beat out of them with cost. and But this is just another thing that it's going to take time and it's going to take effort and it's going to take people. And, it, and so it's going to cost. And, that, you know, what that cost is, I don't think anybody's been able to define yet. But certainly, you know, you don't you just don't migrate this much information to a new system without it having some impact. 
And that's the other challenge here is that is healthcare, as we know, still has a lot of legacy systems. Will the, will those legacy systems even be able to handle the new standard or be part of that migration? And is that going to add to organizations' cost in terms of having to upgrade systems to even be able to do the migration? So I think there's a lot of questions out there that still need to be asked and, and answered. And I think, the, I think the point is right now is that that's what we ought to be doing. <laughs> we ought to be talking about this and we ought to be asking these questions. And somebody ought to be thinking about what, what kind of impact that, is this going to have on healthcare? Because this is being driven down, if you will, from the government. I mean, this is something that, quite frankly, that I think you know, health and human services ought to be in front of. And there ought to be a group right now that's, that is talking about, as the government is going through this, and is, going to, and is going to be learning some lessons learned as they go through their, their process. How do we migrate those lessons learned from their preparation over to healthcare, over to other private sector uh, organizations so that we don't, so that everybody doesn't have to learn it on their own or repeat somebody else's mistakes. I just think that that's something that people should be getting in front of. It's something that we should be discussing with executives in this industry so that they understand that, that this is something that's coming down the pike that's going to affect them, that's going to affect their organization. I figured one of your questions was going to be, what should we be doing? So I wrote down, you know, my, my first, my number one step was stop waiting, start getting ready and start learning about, you know, educating your organization on quantum computing and the security issues that are associated with it. And while NIST and, and the other folks are looking for those approved post-quantum cryptography solutions, begin to inventory your information in your environment. You know, incorporate quantum-resistant encryption plans into your strategic planning so that you know that this is going to be something you're going to be, you're going to start addressing as early as, as you potentially can. Prioritize your assets for migration and your infrastructure upgrades that may be necessary and the data that needs to be migrated to the new standard. And then start looking for the partners and the solutions that are going to help you or enable that migration, make it easier. There are already organizations out there that are beginning to build solutions that will assist in the migration of the current encryption solutions, if you will, to the new model. Don't wait. Start working on it now. I, this is something I think that, that HHS ought to be saying, you know what? We need to take the lead on this. We need to put a group together. We need to involve the industry and we need to, we need to get out in front of this to make sure that this isn't something that becomes a big issue for, for this industry. Finally, Synergistic last year merged with another privacy and security consulting firm, Clearwater, and you've retired from day-to-day -day duties at the company. How are you keeping busy besides thinking about quantum computing? Well, this is one of the things that, that keeps me busy because I still very much enjoy what I've done for the last four years. So I, I, I am looking at some of these things and I am doing things like this with you and and with other folks, I'm advising different organizations. And, you know, I, I'm at that point where it's, you know, I'd like to be an advocate for our industry and, and for, the you know, the tough work that all of our CISOs in healthcare are doing and have to do and our CIOs. And on top of that, I have, I have two ranches that I every day uh, spend time on, one that I raise miniature donkeys on and the other one that I raise cattle on. 
And then I have six grandchildren. And, uh, and after that, I don't think I have much time left. Well, you are keeping busy, Mac. And I appreciate you taking the time to speak with me today. I've been speaking to Mac McMillan. And I'm Marianne Kolbasek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for joining us.